As we welcome you back this morning, I hope you have enjoyed your journey through the Circle Maker. I hope God has richly blessed your heart and you have heard a great word from Him. I hope God is beginning to shape your heart and your life. At Family of Grace, we're on a mission to be a cross-cultural church that is impacting our city across every race, across every gender, to make a difference for the glory of God, to help healthy and hurting families become all that God has intended for them to be. If there is any way that we can help you, it'd be our honor and our privilege to be able to partner with you, for you to be able to become all that God has intended for you to be. If you have your Bible this morning, if you'll take it and turn with us to the book of Matthew, chapter 7, I hope the Lord will bless your heart through this message. Wrapping up our sermon series on the Circle Maker, I hope that the Lord has given you a great message, has encouraged your heart. Um, if you are not able to attend one of the small groups, uh, you can pick up the book, you can go online, you can plug into those videos. It's a great, great lesson. I believe it'll begin to have a great impact on your life. Uh, as people were beginning to make their prayer list, their hit list, and uh, begin to pray over those things, it's exciting to see that prayers are already being answered, that great things are already being answered in their hearts and their lives. And today, if you have your Bible, it says in the book of Matthew chapter 7, very interesting passage of scripture. You're very familiar with it. You've probably heard it heard many messages on it before, but in Matthew 7 and 7, it says, keep asking, keep asking, and keep seeking. Keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching, and you will find it. Keep knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who searches, finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. What man among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also for the same of them. This is the law and the prophet. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of resting in your circle. Resting in your circle. Resting in whatever it is that you have, whatever lines you have drawn around your prayer list. Resting in that. We looked at what it meant to, to begin to develop that prayer list. How we can begin to pray more effectively. We begin to look at how as a faith family, there's things that we have to begin to strategically ask God for because if God doesn't move in our faith family, well, there's so many things that will fall flat. Number one, the number one thing that will fall flat is us. Because as we are working and moving and doing ministry in the inner cities of Alexandria and all the other areas of Alexandria and our urban context that we are doing ministry in, I want you to understand that it is beyond our ability to do it. I could ask you to double your tithe, sign a commitment card, and it would still be beyond our ability. Why? Because we're operating on God's economy. We're operating on God's economy. This week, as we're in the middle of the government shutdown and so many things are in disarray, the one thing that we are beginning to realize is that our hope better be built on any, nothing but Jesus Christ. Because you cannot find your eternal solution in an earthly paradigm. 
And today God wants to move in your heart, in your life. And I want you to know, and you may have drawn some things down. You may have drawn some lines. You may have written some things down. And in the middle of your circle, God still hadn't begun to move. And your prayers still have not been answered. Today, I, want to, I have a word for you. Because in the middle of your circle, I want you to find rest. Because God is at work, and God is moving, and God is ruling, and God is reigning. You say, Pastor, you don't know how bad it is in my life. But God does. You're right, I may not know how bad it is. I may not be able to comprehend it. This week, I was speaking to a young man who had lost his father, and I said, man, I just want you to know I've been praying for you. I'm not going to pretend to know how it feels because I've never traveled down that pathway. But I know it hurts. And I know that we have a father who is right there and who wants to move and who wants to rule and who wants to reign in your life. While you're resting in your circle, there's three things that I want you to do. There's three things that I believe will help you remain steadfast, remain unmovable, and remain unshakable and to continue to abound in the work of the Lord. Today, we don't have a problem making a prayer list. We don't have a problem praying for the prayer list. We have a problem sticking to it. Matter of fact, I believe that many times, just about the time God is ready to answer the prayers, we quit praying. Why? Because God didn't move in our timetable. You know the thing that really messes us up as humans when praying to our God? is the timetable element. You say, Pastor, I've been praying about this for 20 years and I still don't have the answer. Well, in God's, law, in God's perspective, that's only 20 days. A day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. And that whole perspective is different. God's timetable is different from our timetable. And therefore, it challenges us. And so the first thing that we must do if we're going to rest in our circle, if this just sitting some passing fad, and I pray that it's not. I pray that as you have, have written down your hit list, written down your prayer list, and those things that you're believing God for, I hope it's not some emotional stirring or passing fancy. But I hope that it's something that you're believing God for like never before. And I hope it's something that you will remain committed to. I remember the story of a, a pastor who had five people that he was praying for who was really close to him, friends that he had grew up with. And he prayed for them, and the first two, within the first couple of years, came to know Christ. It took 20 years for the third one to come to know Christ. And it took 40 years for the fourth one to come to know Christ. And the pastor died. With one friend. Who never. Had given his heart to Christ. You say well he failed. He prayed his whole life. And all of his prayers weren't answered. At his funeral. The fifth one gave his heart. To Jesus Christ. You see God doesn't operate. On our timetable. He doesn't operate in our, in our ways. Matter of fact. The other difficult challenge for us as humans is. That God doesn't answer prayers the way we want them answered. And you know something? Right now. At this particular moment. I'm glad. You say. What do you mean you're glad at this particular moment? 
Because right now I'm not at a place where God is answering a prayer in the way that I didn't want him to answer it, but he's still answering it. I'm just being honest. I'm not putting on some spiritual airs here. Because when he's answering the prayer in a way that we didn't anticipate him to answer it, we don't always like it. Can I get a witness? But I am telling you today that hindsight, or once you get beyond it, you'll love it. You'll enjoy it. Because God sees what we don't see. God knows what you don't know. God's already where you are going to. He's not worried about your past because he's already in your future. God's not hung up on what brought you down. He's convinced on what's going to bring you up. God's not convinced with what you've done, good or bad. He's convinced with where you're going. For the attic, for the prostitute, for the broken mom, for the deadbeat dad. God doesn't care where you've been in the past. He wants to know where you're going in the future. For the super saint. For the super saint that served God for decade after decade. And maybe you're there at home this morning watching on television. And you say, I just can't serve God anymore. I don't have the mobility. I don't have the funds. I'm on a, I'm on a fixed income. Well, most people are. Before you throw in the towel, God's not concerned with what you've done in the past. That's in the past. He wants to know what you're going to do in the future. What you're going to do in the future? I remember way before I, way before I took Bob Voss on a missionary trip at the age of 80 and realized that he was an extreme anomaly. There was this pastor who was going on a mission trip and there was this 82-year-old lady that put her name down to go. And he said, you can't go with us. There's, there's not, what are you going to do? You're 82. You're a frail, elderly woman. What are you going to do? She said, well, I'm a, at home. I sit there all day and I make blankets. I'm going to go with you on the airplane. I'm going to sit there all day and make blankets. If I can sit here and make blankets all day, I can sit there and make blankets all day. I'm going to go on that mission trip and I'm going to make blankets. Listen, God, God, listen, it's about where you're headed. It's about what God wants to do in your life. You never reach a place where God is finished in your life. As Pastor Bob says, if you have a, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And as long as you have a pulse, your purpose is thriving. God's not finished with you till he's finished with you. And when he's finished with you, he will bring you home to be where he is. That you may be able to say, well done, thy, that he may be able to say to you, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Today, write this down. Write this down for me. As you're resting in your circle, you must continue to have a complete and permanent dependence on God. A permanent dependence on God. In the middle of your circle, if there is not a permanent dependence on God, you'll, you'll abandon the circle. You'll jump out. Now, the first challenge to prayer, and the first reason people really do not like prayer, is because when you start praying to God, it's confessing your inabilities. It's like asking for help. There's a lot of people who hate to ask for help. I got over that a long time ago. If you see me, you may want to take off running. 
But a lot of people will not ask for help. Because to ask for help means I can't do this. My need is greater than my ability. And for men to start praying means that they can't do it anymore. I've shared this story before, but I love the story of the pastor who went to the new church and he had had 200 deacons. Big church. 200 deacons. And for the first three months that he was there, every Sunday, they sold fried chicken or barbecue chicken plate lunches to pay the bills for the church. He said after the third month of all that chicken, he had had enough. And he gathered them up in a, in a large room and he said, okay guys, we're not selling one more fried chicken or barbecued chicken lunch. And they said, well, how are we going to pay the bills? He said, we're going to believe God for it. The chairman of the deacon stood up and says, has it come to that? Has it come to that? Has it come to that place where now we have to depend upon God? The answer is yes. Yes. Why don't we pray? Why don't we stay in a circle? Why don't we have faith? Why don't we stay there? Because when God doesn't answer, when we want Him to answer, when He doesn't jump, when we want Him to jump, when He doesn't perform the miracle the way we think it ought to be performed, we give up. And we quit praying. We quit praying. There's some of you today, you're on the verge of giving up. You've been praying about something for a long time, but the answer has not yet come, and you're on the verge of giving up. I say to you today, on the authority of God's word, double down on the permanent dependence on the thrice holy God. There's some of you at home, you're about to give up, you're about to give in. God hasn't moved in the day and time and hour that you gave him to move in. I'll tell you today, give up on yourself Cast yourself at the feet of Jesus. Say, God, I am permanently depending upon you. And Lord, when you want to move, when you want to answer, I am ready. The Bible says, in this passage of Scripture, it says, keep asking. I'm not going to bore you with the functions of the Greek language. But the verb here is that it's a continual asking. It's not like, come to your house and ask for something, and you ask one time and you quit. I've had people tell me this. They say, Pastor, I believe it's a sin for, I believe it's a sin to keep asking God to answer a prayer. I believe all we have to do is ask God one time, and that's it. I always love to tell them, you base your theology on that because you're lazy, and you're prideful. And you may be sitting there at home saying, I'm offended, and you may turn off television today, but I want you to know the truth is, you don't have the faith to keep praying. You don't have the faith to keep asking, and we're spiritually lazy. And when God doesn't jump, when we want Him to jump, you're offended. I'm telling you today, God's not being mean because He's making you hold out. God may know that you're not ready for the very thing you're praying for. Or the very thing you're praying for that you think is the greatest prayer that could be answered today may be the worst thing in your future. And God takes those things away and he answers your prayer in a different way because God loves you, because God's got a plan for you, because God's got a purpose for you. But the problem is so many people quit. So many people quit when the times get tough. It's easy 
to stir up a prayer meeting. In the moment of adversity. In the moment of pain. In the moment of tribulation. But it's hard to keep one when the excitement fails. I was pastoring a church. And uh, I come to realize that they should outlaw police scanners. <clears throat> because certain people, all they would do in a large number was sit there and listen to the police scanner. And then they want to call the pastor. Did you hear such and such? Did you? What, why would you sit there and listen to the police scanner? Because you live for the excitement. You live for the gossip. Have you ever wondered why so many people stop and stand around an automobile accident where there's all kind of excitement, but yet you can see a man pushing his car down the road trying to get it out of the flow of traffic and no one will stop and help him? Because the bottom line is most of those who stop don't want to do any work. They only want to look. And when you see a man pushing a car down the road, you know it's work. You know you're going to have to strain. You know you're going to have to lean into it. And a lot of people in their prayer life, they just have quick fizzles. Oh, this is exciting. Oh, this is an urgent need. Oh, this is that. And they pray like popcorn. Popcorn prayer that pops up, pops up, pops up, and then it fizzles. I wonder how many people would suffer long. How many people would endure till God answers the prayer. He says right here in this passage of scripture, ask, keep asking and it will be given unto you. A permanent dependence on God. Don't give up on the things that you have been moved to place in the middle of your circle. Pray like you've never prayed before. Believe God. Listen, what somebody said, I, don't, I really hadn't thought about how theologically accurate it is, but listen, it says Pray like it depends on God. Work like it depends on you. A permanent dependence on God brings us to a persistent, a persistent seeking of man's heart. Ask, and it will be giving. Seek, keep seeking, keep asking. Keep asking. I love the story of the persistent widow in the Bible. You remember? She went to the judge and went to the judge and went to the judge. And the judge kept saying, no, 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 no. Finally, he said, give that woman whatever she wants so you can just get rid of her. She's driving me slap nuts. <clears throat> Today, God is wanting to move in your heart and your life. But your dependence upon God has failed because your persistency has given up. Persistent means that you stay with it. Uh, the word I like that, that has been coined is stick to itiveness. Or the great theologian, the great scholar, should I say, Jerry Clower, for all you older people, coined it this way Bulldog, hang on for everishness. Because a bulldog is strategically, he, he's, he's made with his nose that lies back so that most dogs, when they latch onto something, they have to let go to eventually begin to breathe right. But a bulldog, the way that his nose is 
position backwards that that bulldog can hang on and breathe and breathe and breathe. I'm telling you today that some of us need to have that kind of persistency that we will not let go and we will have the spirit, the spirit of Jacob that says, I'm not going to let go till you bless me. I'm going to suffer long. I'm going to be persistent. I will not give in. I will not let up. I'll continue to pray. I'll continue to believe in the provision of the cross. So many people have given up. You ever heard, how many times have you heard this statement? Boy, I used to go to church. I used to serve the Lord. I used to be active. What happened? Their dependence upon God failed. And they found another way. They found another way. It may not be another God. It's just another way. Another way. And their, their dependency, their persistence of themselves, their heart fainted. He says, have that permanent dependency, have that persistent searching, but then last of all, have a persuaded heart. Look in your Bible right here. He says, ask, seek, knock, knock. A persistent heart that keeps on knocking, that keeps on knocking, that keeps on knocking, that keeps on knocking, that keeps on knocking. That you're persuaded, your heart is persuaded there's no other way. The challenge we face is that so many people will persuade us to go another direction. Persuade us to believe a new way. Persuade us to do all of these things. Today, as your kids are in school, they may be teaching them all kind of new things. They may be teaching them new math, new tactics, new strategies. But the answer always comes out the same. Because the answer is consistent. And the answer for us is a consistent and a persistent Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And in the middle of your circle, like we looked at on the very first message, place the cross there. It's not about a book. It's not about a video. It's about Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's not about a new way to pray. It's about a new way to believe God for the same thing you believe in God for for a long time. What is the way? The cross is the way. The cross is the way. The cross is the way. The cross leads to the death. Death led to the grave. Grave led to victory. Victory led to Jesus Christ being seated at the right hand of God. And he says that I ever live to make intercession for you. Today, what's in your circle? What do you believe in God for? Will you still be believing God for it a year from now if he hadn't answered your prayer? You'd still be believing him for it 10 years from now if he hadn't answered your prayer. I love what the Bible says in the book of Habakkuk. It's a very interesting verse in the book of Habakkuk. In chapter 3 and verse 17, it says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, 
Though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stall, yet I will triumph in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Yahweh, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. Today, God is moving. God is working. God is ruling. God is reigning. I love what the Bible says in Psalms. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled. And you are faithful. I love what it says in Timothy that when we are faithless, he is faithful. Today, I don't care what's going on in your life. Your problem is not greater than your master. You say, Pastor, God still hadn't answered my prayers. I'm telling you today, though the prayer is not answered, wait for it. Wait for it. Some of you in this building today, right now, you need to recommit to believe God for what God has spoken to you. God's word is unchanging. God's word is is settled. In an unsettled world, we serve a settled Savior. Today, maybe you're right there at home saying, Pastor, I gave up on church a long time ago. But I don't know what's the next step. The next step is to take your religion and upgrade it for a relationship. Trade in your relationship, your religion, and say, God, I want a relationship with you. Right there, just begin to believe in your heart. Admit that you've fallen short. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe in what God says about you and commit your life to Him. This morning, in this building, the same thing. Believe God. Believe God. Though the vision tarry, wait for it. Wait for it. And God may not answer the prayer the way you want it. But if the prayer is not answered, He will provide another miracle right where you are. God will never. You may be praying about somebody, someone. God will not force your will or his will on other people. But if the person you're praying for the wayward person, the rebellious person, the broken person doesn't turn their life around. God will still move. God will still work in your life. It may just be in a different way. God loves you. God will not automatically fix you until you throw your hands up in the air and say, Lord, it is I that needeth you. Would you take my life? This ministry would not be possible without these partners. Looking for childcare? Visit College Camp located in the heart of Pineville. It is a licensed aid facility that has been in existence since 2008. For more information, call 318 484 
2762. Thank you for joining us today. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors that made this program possible. Bayou Shirts. At Bayou Shirts, we offer quick, friendly, quality service for all your t-shirt needs. Check us out today at BayouShirts.com for information on all the services we can provide. You can reach us at 318-308-3754.